Hey, this is Tommy Chung, and you're listening to Grow Bud Yourself. Woi woi, woi woi, woi woi. Then it then go on the radio again. Yo, if you want no smoke free weed, grow bud yourself. You need to go plant a seed. Grow bud yourself, make your knowledge increase. Grow bud yourself, grow bud yourself. Hey, all right. Welcome to episode number 44 of Grow Bud Yourself. We're very excited for this one. We've got a great guest for you guys. We have Luke from Paradise Seeds, uh, the founder of a seed company that started in 1994 in Holland. We have a great cultivation segment on feeding flowering plants, as well as our Grow Q&A. We're so excited to be brought to you by Sweet Leaf Nutrients, Excelsior Extracts, and Diamond Cut Co. Trimming Scissors. So stick around. Episode 44 is coming at you right now. All right. Welcome back, everybody. And uh, as always, thank you to DJ Jacques and Win Strong for the song. Grow bud yourself indeed if you like free weed. So, uh, Thanks to those guys for that catchy tune, and here we are. Yeah, we are here. It's time, <laughs> episode 44, man. Indeed, indeed, 4-4. Four, four. Pretty awesome. You got a, you got a sports <laughs> figure for that? I, I, I'm sure I could Google it, but no, I don't. Uh, I'm, just, uh, I'm just happy to be here. I did Google it, I'm not going to lie, but uh, Hank Aaron and Reggie Jackson and oh. Willie McCovey. That's all you had to say. Pistol Pete Maravich? My goodness. Hammer and Hank, too. Just yeah. passed recently. He did. Yeah. yeah. He really he put a hurting on that baseball. He did. <laughs> you don't get the, the moniker hammering if you're not hitting pretty hard, I guess. So. Yeah. yeah or maybe so. it was for something else. I don't know. <laughs> Anywho, welcome to episode 44. We have a great show. And uh, we also uh, pinned to our interview with Luke from Paradise Seeds. We're doing a giveaway so everyone stick around for the wrap, and Dan is going to break down exactly what the rules and the and the award is there. That's right. We're giving away some Paradise Seeds merch, uh, and we'll be doing that in the wrap at the end of the show. So please stick around to find out what the rules for that are. And uh, we, uh, we have so much going on in the show. We're not going to do a long intro. We, we are going to touch on um, a news story that we think you guys should know. But before we do that, I just want to say... Last week, I just kind of asked you your take on coconut water because I can't stand it and I feel like the only person on earth who, who doesn't enjoy this beverage. And thank goodness for our boy Chad Westport, <laughs> a longtime listener, probably our most loyal listener with us you know, practically from the beginning. Uh, he, he wrote in uh, saying that, that he can't do coconut water either, and I really appreciate that, Chad. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Chad. But, um, okay, I guess on to things that are more important than my, uh, my taste in beverages. We should just say, you know, a lot, of, um, a lot of buzz around legalization lately, especially with New Jersey finally getting their act together. And, uh, you know, the whole tax and regulate plan, you know, aside from the obvious and, you know, making cannabis legal and not arresting people for, for using a, uh, a harmless uh, substance... It also is supposed to generate revenue that's actually going to do some good in the communities where it has been legalized. And Michigan, you know, kind of reminds us that that is part of this whole deal. They're sending, uh, Michigan's government is sending $10 million in cannabis tax revenue back to local governments. This is excellent news. And uh, this is exactly how this should be operating. 
because you know if you've ever driven on the roads in Michigan you'll know <laughs> that they could use that money and not just for roads but for schools and all kinds of things that government is actually good at or should be good at and you know they need the money for it and i think that's you know that is legalization in action that's you know getting that money back into the economy getting it into infrastructure getting it into education and really just benefiting people as a whole and i think that's you know that's the lesson of legalization that we want to convey to anyone who's kind of on the fence about it or politicians who you know fear uh repercussions here we are using cannabis taxes legal cannabis taxes to put money back into uh the economy and into rebuilding and making things better that's all part of uh, Danny's pot for potholes policy, <laughs> Danko 2022. Uh, just to give the numbers real quick here, um, $341 million of legal cannabis was sold in Michigan in 2020, and uh, the state law calls for that the tax revenue generated to be distributed. So it's going to go uh, nearly $10 million is going to be sent back to the local governments. More than $11 million is going to be sent to uh, the school aid fund for K through 12 education, uh, more than 11 and a half million is going to be used for uh, transportation and uh, 12 and a half million is uh, going to cover startup costs and administrative costs. So, um, yeah, it's good to see that it's being kind of distributed and uh, hopefully it'll do some good. Absolutely. We don't, we don't have time for a deep dive into everything that's going on in the world of cannabis, but we wanted to touch on that. Uh, but we really do have a great show with a very in-depth interview with an old friend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, really, truly a pleasure to speak to uh, Luke from Paradise Seeds, who I've known, gosh, going on like 30 years now, which is crazy to think. But yes, a real pioneer. Uh, and as we mentioned, uh, stick around because we're going to be giving away Paradise merch at the end. And that includes some really cool stuff. Uh, that's like Paradise Seeds t-shirt. Uh, grinder, uh, catalog, rolling papers, and uh, Paradise Seeds hat as well. So um, we're very excited to be talking to Luke, and uh, I want to keep this intro short so we have more time for the interview. So without further ado, uh, why don't we take a break and come back with Luke from Paradise Seeds? Hey, you guys, I really want to thank our sponsors from Excelsior Extracts. These are great friends of the show, uh, great friends of mine for many years, incredible growers, incredible people, and they have made some incredible products as well, including their THC-infused pain rub. And you know it works because you're talking about people who are real, true cannabis medical patients that are making this. Just want to shout out Outcast and, and uh, TOH. Check them out on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts. That's E-X-C-E-L-S-I-O-R-E-X-T-R-A-C-T-S. Excelsior Extracts. DM them if you're interested in trying out that pain relief rub. Tell them Grow Bud Yourself sent you. And uh, yeah, man, thank you to uh, T and O from Excelsior for sponsoring the show and being just such great friends and supporters.
All right, welcome back. And it is a pleasure and an honor to have our following guest with us here on Grow Bud Yourself. He is one of the pioneers of cannabis breeding in Holland uh, from back in the day, still operating, putting out amazing genetics to this day. Luke is the breeder and the founder of Paradise Seeds. Welcome, Luke. Hello. How are you? How are you? Ready? We are great. It's a, it's, I haven't seen you for a while. Thank yes. you for inviting me. It's great to have you on the show. And uh, yeah, we've got a lot to get to, so I want to get right into it. But uh, why don't we start at the beginning and uh, just tell me, I, you, you founded Paradise Seeds in 1994, but uh, you were growing for a long time before that. So tell me a little bit about uh, your earliest experiences with cannabis and, and how you got involved. Yeah, it was uh, interesting. Yeah, I got uh, my first uh, experience with cannabis was when I was fourteen on a, uh, at a farm somewhere in the, in the area where I, I used to live, where I grew up, and I uh, I smoked that first joint. But then uh, it took like three years after that joint that I had my first, uh, second joint. So when I was seventeen, I had an, uh, another chance chance to uh, to uh, to have a second introduction with uh, with cannabis, and that that was actually quite nice because a friend came over, or he wasn't a friend at the time, but he used to live this uh, this fellow uh, used to live on the uh, Dutch uh, islands in uh, uh, what's it called? The Antilles. The Antilles. The Ant- yeah, right. Dutch Antilles. Yeah, yeah. Dutch Antilles. In the Caribbean. Correct. Yeah. Wow. So, and he used to live there, and he, of course, had met there with the the Rastafaris and and the locals, and there was much more of a vibe uh, than in my uh, little village of, for smoking and, and cannabis. So uh, he brought some. Can- he moved from there to live in the town that I uh, was living in, and he brought some of the wheat uh, from there to uh, to the Netherlands in a speaker, and uh, <laughs> and. Uh, so he, uh, when we met, he took it out and we got high. And uh, that was my really my, the best experience uh, in, uh, in my life so far. At that point. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, yeah. uh, how about growing? I know, uh, you know, growing in Holland comes with its own set of challenges uh, due to the climate and uh, the amount of sunlight and things like that. But, uh, you know, and in the 80s, I'm sure there was not a lot of information uh, about growing and, and how to do this, but uh, somehow you managed to get started, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I soon moved over to Amsterdam two, three years later. Uh, in the Before that, I already grew some plants in uh, my parents' garden in the, in the Netherlands. But then when I moved uh, to uh, Amsterdam, I uh, started living in a uh, squat, in a squatted building together with all these other friends from me from the town where I used to live in, where we were like five, a group of five people. And there was these, uh, these rooms were vacant in, uh, in that squad. And uh, you had, you have all kinds of people living there. But so we gathered as a group inside and uh, everything was cool. We're not that much involved in squatting or in that, the polit- political uh, area, area that uh, the squatters were involved in. But we were doing our own thing and uh, uh, nothing else. My thing was uh, getting quickly uh, starting uh, started quickly with uh, growing cannabis. 
on the roof of the of the house opposite the police office uh, by the way and uh, <laughs> that was uh, pretty much fun because yeah as a squatted building police are not allowed to enter there and so we had all the freedom and uh, that was an, uh, a great time so that's how i got to know uh, cannabis and also started my growing career um, plants yeah were nice and big, big pots and using the natural sunlight and um, but uh, in the way when winter came then it was, it was cold so and there was nothing to smoke and there were only a couple of um, coffee shops at the time in the netherlands although uh, there was this counter culture of uh, of uh, shops and uh, people in the park and smoking of course so that was hot in amsterdam lots of visitors it's also part of the hippie trail so there were many Americans going to Amsterdam, visit Amsterdam, and then move on to India or to Afghanistan, for example. And then that uh, so Amsterdam was one of the places on the on the hippie trail. That was in my uh, young uh, early days. Amsterdam looked very much uh, very different than it does now, but uh, I started there. Now, how did that transition into uh, creating seeds and starting up uh, Paradise Seeds as a company? Yeah, that was years later, though. Uh, mm-hmm. So we start. I started growing, and there were no lights. There were no. There was no uh, information on on uh, growing cannabis at at all at the time. So we had to invent everything by ourselves, and uh, we uh, we used fluorescent lights mainly, but lots of them. <laughs> and uh, then for our indoor setup, and uh, which was pretty cool. Uh, years after that, uh, it got more professional, and uh, in there were big, all of a sudden there was this light uh, company selling uh, selling cannabis lights, but these big bulbs. So I bought one of those that covered uh, almost the whole space of of the room, and um, yeah, that's how it started really. And then after that, I moved out and. Uh, uh, got it more involved and there was one shop opening already with grow equipment and there I got my first equipment and started to grow it was like in the early 90s and um, then of course because there was also not much of varieties uh, at the time except for the land races and then I started to, cr- to cross these with uh, each other and Afghani within uh, within uh, Jamaican or uh, some seeds from the U.S. I got, or or India, and uh, so uh, so they made nice nice crosses, and um, the outcome of that was very exciting to see what uh, what came out, and then I selected again, and then started to uh, like uh, uh, make hybrids, and uh, we had developed further. Soon. Uh, I was not the only one at the time. There were a couple of other uh, people, around uh, about five other uh, companies. Actually, started at the, in the early nineties, ninety four. I actually uh, uh, went to the Chamber of Commerce to uh, to uh, reg- to get registered uh, with Paradise Seeds, due to an event that I had with the police. So it was uh, because at the the, they uh, discovered this uh, uh, grow room in a house, which was mine. And then, uh, yeah, well, you cannot grow for 
for consumption, but it was all right to to uh, to have plants uh, for seeds production. So, and I was already in the seeds production. I had all these files with all these all the crosses, and then uh, I uh, I was advised by a lawyer to uh, to to prevent from me getting into trouble with the court to uh, to go to um, to the uh, chamber of commerce and re- get registered with my seed company and that's what i did and then i went to court and they uh, dismissed the case that's interesting because you had a seed company uh and it was a legitimate business even though uh they you know if you hadn't had the company you you, <laughs> you would be in trouble but because you, you had established the company uh they had to let you go yes <laughs> that is right, right. And I think it's interesting that you mentioned that you started with uh, land races because uh, we're in a situation now where there's so many poly hybrids and, you know, people's biggest complaint in, in, in many instances is, is a lack of stability. And I think when you start with those uh, land races, you have a solid base uh, that you're breeding with. And I think that's, that's very important. I think, and, and, probably a, a, a measure of, of why you're still successful even now, um, you know, more than 20, almost 30 years later. So tell me a little bit about, you know, the, the after the, found, the founding in 94, uh, then you started competing in the High Times Cannabis Cups and uh, different events. Uh, tell me a little bit about that era and, and, and what went down. Yeah. So yeah, well, we uh, started our uh, company in 1994, sold seeds uh, to uh, to the local at the local coffee shop called Lucky Mothers, and we sold to the UK seeds because they 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 were uh, like they uh, wanted seeds, their parrot seeds, we called them at first. So <laughs> that that uh, continued for now like two or three years. Uh, then uh, demand picked up from Germany and Austria, especially. And then um, we were uh, able to sort of uh, live from it. And yeah, we enjoyed our uh, the work as uh, being uh, the breeders and producers of our seeds and distributing them. Then uh, 97, 98, I think we started to compete at the High Times Cannabis Cup. And High Life Cannabis Cup, we won uh, for the best photos and also for weed uh, cups in uh, in 1998 in the High Life Cup, because that already uh, existed as well. After uh, High Times, I think, first got to the Netherlands in 1990 or so. Mm -hmm. The first cup, you know, is in the 80s, but... uh... I think once they started being open to the public and and allowing seed companies to compete, yeah. uh, and you know you have that original collection uh, strains like Belladonna, uh, Dorgamata, uh, Dutch Dragon, Nebula, which is amazing, and uh, yeah. Whiteberry, Wapa, um, and my personal favorite was Sensi Star at the time. I remember uh, bringing those seeds back <laughs> back to the states and. We, we grew that uh, for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a, a groundbreaking change, uh, the amount of, of trichomes and uh, 
the production of essential oil on the plant was just so different. And I mean, really like glistening uh, with diamonds, you know, yeah. and, uh, really just uh, changed the changed the, the way people grew and also just the quality of what everybody was able to produce at the time. Um, Correct. Yeah. So yeah, but- uh, there was a nice Afghani uh, cross and a beautiful selection that we uh, we made with the Sensi Star, uh, especially in the also Belladonna, for example, was uh, very resinous, uh, or it still is, but uh, because we still sell those uh, varieties. But yes, uh, the, we won the Cannabis Cup that year in 1999 with the Sensi Star, uh, both the Dutch Cannabis Cup and the uh, uh, high times cannabis cup mm-hmm. so that that was a marvelous event i remember it very well that i was jumping off for joy with joy because it was so great to win the cup with the high times cannabis cup with this international audience it was just uh awesome i'm a little bit idle so that uh, was really uh doing well for my ego and from that moment on, uh, we also got really uh, recognition for our uh, our quality of cannabis seeds, and uh, yeah. by many growers. And the phone didn't never stop ringing. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> and not just you know uh, we mentioned Sensi Star that uh, being an Afghani cross, uh, very much indica dominant. But you also have uh, De La Haze, uh, Atomical Haze. Uh, Jackie White, some strains that had uh, sativa genetics as well. And I know you mentioned India. I think, you know, that's kind of, you know, the missing link uh, in a lot of uh, genetics is Indian uh, land races. And and I I think working with those really made uh, Paradise strains unique in in lots of ways. So, you know, while other companies did have, uh, you know, Afghan and... uh, you know, things like Jamaican that you mentioned, Colombian, uh, I think the Indian, you know, was, was kind of overlooked in some Cor- ways. Coralis. We had a nice Corali, for example. It was a beautiful uh, variety that we, uh, we started out with and used for uh, uh, crossing. So that was one of our parent plants. Yeah, it was a, a great time, the early days. Now, at what point did you open the uh, this the shop? That uh, was again years later. We had, we first moved from uh, because at some point even seed breeding and and plants were just forbidden in the Netherlands. So and that happened in 1998. We uh, we moved out of the Netherlands in in 2001 and went to Switzerland. Switzerland it was uh, perfectly legal at the time, and uh, we started our operations there. But uh, also quickly after the, the it got also banned in, from Switzerland, and we had to uh, return to the Netherlands. In 2001, we first made our feminized uh, seeds. Uh, we were the second uh, to do that, and uh, but we actually released them after we moved to Switzerland. We thought, okay, let's uh, start the operation in Switzerland, make lots of uh, varieties and seeds there. We go f- the commercial direction, but then uh, yeah, that the uh, whole thing in Switzerland didn't go on. 
So uh, we moved back to the Netherlands and released our feminized seeds really on a bigger scale in 2005-2006. We opened the shop in 2011. Very nice flagship store and uh, the accompanied website. Yeah, and you also have the uh, California collection of uh, strains with origins in the U.S. uh, and a collaboration with Tommy Chong, correct? Of course. Yeah. Tommy Chong is a good friend of us. That's really cool. And uh, you mentioned uh, the feminized seeds and and being a pioneer of that, but you also have uh, autoflowering seeds and uh, now a CBD collection of uh, high CBD strains. Uh, Tell me a little bit about... uh, you know, just expanding into the different types of, of seeds that you can produce? Uh, yeah, well, the CBD uh, varieties, uh, they are uh, of, uh, with a potency of around uh, 15 to 20% uh, CBD. And they are just act almost like the cannabis varieties, the THC varieties, growing large and vol- voluminous uh, with hard rock hard or a bit more hazy fluffier type of flowers galaxies similar to the thc strains that everybody everybody knows but in the netherlands uh, you also see now the the cbd varieties also in spain and italy for example many uh, cbd varieties are sold there and they are legal and that is the difference with the thc varieties they are still not legal but um, yeah, they are uh, similar to the THC varieties. Only you, you don't get stoned from it. You you, you have that nice experience of the very fla- uh, very fla- flavorish, very good flavors and uh, terpenes, and uh, the relaxation from the CBD. But uh, yeah, there's a big demand for it. So that is something we worked on and changed. A bit and now they are uh, they're looking like a beautiful smelly voluptuous plants with uh, huge thick nuggets uh, resinous and uh, they're uh, t- tasty really tasty so you can uh, smoke it all day long and not get high and that's what people seem to like it's like a, a replacement for tobacco almost Right. I love the names of the, the high CBD varieties as well. You've got like CBD Relief and CBD Delight and CB Dream, CBD Energy. I think, uh, you know, it's it's really uh, very descriptive of uh, what you get. Now, you we talked about autoflowering as well. And I think in the U.S., you know, people have uh, some misconceptions about autoflowering plants. Uh, and in Europe... Uh, people really, p- people love to grow autos. And I think here there's a little reluctance, but can you tell me a little bit about uh, the, the, the benefits uh, and, you know, the, the pros of, of growing autoflowering plants? Yeah, sure. Autoflowering plants are uh, actually quite uh, handy because um, they are uh, starting to flower by itself after three weeks or so. You can have a a, a slower version as well but also a faster version and they are uh, really uh, out of flowering typically are fast flowering plants without changing the light to 12 hours 
to go to in, into a regenerative stage of flower uh, of uh, of the plant, which uh, means that they start to bloom. The the blooming they do from themselves without having to change the photo period. That's what an out of flowering uh, plant is all about. And then uh, if you cross them, it's typically uh, these varieties originally coming uh, from Kazakhstan, where uh, and they. For example, they grow there in the wild. They're called ruderalis. Now, that genes, these genes are bred with uh, the high THC varieties. And then after uh, several generations of uh, backcrossing, uh, they, uh, they tend to be uh, just as strong and, uh, and tasty as uh, the original parent of the THC variety with a longer uh, flowering time. And when you grow these outside, for example, it can take over uh, six, seven months before you have flowers in uh, on on your uh, on the table to show for. This is uh, contrary to the outer flower. You will harvest in like eight weeks, eight to maybe ten weeks, and then you're ready. Not as big if bigger plant, not as big uh, plants, but uh, it is uh, actually quite handy, and especially for indoors. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with the outer flowering, uh, there's another advantage. You can grow them outdoors. So you can, for example, in New York, maybe start in uh, April and have uh, your first harvest in June, end of June. And you can do a second uh, crop there too, on the balcony. Plants don't grow too tall most of the time. So don't, uh, you can uh, yield twice. And in other tro- more uh, warmer areas, California or uh, Florida, even um, maybe the whole year. That's great. Um, now, you also have developed some, some new flavors, uh, including some of the popular ones here, like gelato uh, and OG. Uh, so it's really great that, you know, you're keeping up with what's, what's popular. Now, uh, you guys also, uh, Paradise Seeds uh, boasts a 95% uh, or higher of a germination rate under the proper conditions. Um, I'm sure you've you've popped a lot of seeds <laughs> in your career and in your life. What w- what would you say is the best sort of uh, practices for germination? Uh, is it the the wet paper towel method? Is it just to sow the seeds directly into a growing medium? Uh, or what what do you think is 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 a good good way to germinate? I think the wet paper uh, method is uh, excellent. Mm-hmm. You just uh, put that in between uh, the cotton, clean cotton, and uh, uh, leave it for, for 24 hours. Then most of our seeds are cracked. You can just uh, put them in, uh, in your growing medium, and it will work, uh, and it do- does the rest by itself. Mm-hmm. Perfect. But, uh, yeah. Watch out also with the with the because use them uh, uh, room temperature like twenty degrees. Don't put your put the seeds in, on the, even if it's in a wet uh, wet cloth or uh, cotton on on a on a heater, for example. These kind of uh, novice uh, the mistakes are made easily. You think okay, uh, let's uh, heat it and then uh, they cracks quicker, but they don't. Just give it some time or ha- ha- put it in a glass of water, clean water, 
um, not sure tap water is different everywhere but if you have uh, really clean water then uh, it's also good to have in a, to put them soak them in a glass for for 12 hours 24 hours max and then put them uh, in this in a medium in a grow medium perfect by then uh, most of the seeds are already germinated yeah awesome um, tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, what the future holds for Paradise Seeds and, and what, you know, what your plans are as far as, uh, you know, keeping the company uh, running and strong and, and, and uh, you know, for the future. Yes. So we have uh, big plans with the Paradise Seeds, of course. And uh, we're uh, now that we're, uh, we're in a legal area, in many countries are uh, uh, doing recreational uh, cannabis now. And uh, also, of course, the medical cannabis started uh, in California uh, with uh, with the medical years ago. Proposition uh, twenty, what was it? Maybe you uh, two fifteen. <laughs> two fifteen. Look at that. <laughs> so with Dennis Peron, I remember uh, he uh, he proposed that, and it went through, and that uh, I think has changed the world. Uh, because it was, of course, um, uh, banned or prohibited for many years, even though, even so, that we went demonstrating in the Netherlands for people who were uh, who were who fled from the U.S. to seek asylum in the Netherlands, and uh, we went to uh, to the barricades for them. But to get back to your question, um, now that we are in a better position. In legal position, much more is possible also for paradise. So we uh, provide our genetics to legal growers around the globe. We do that uh, to Australia, New Zealand, Canada, Africa, also here in Europe, to legal producers. And uh, we are uh, we're having a license ourselves in, uh, in, uh, in Colombia, and uh, in Australia, and we are you know, working closely together with other LPs, licensed producers around the globe, helping them, consulting them with their growth, um, providing them with our genetics. Right. So, so people can also uh, pr- uh, pick up seeds in bulk. I, I would imagine if they're uh, if they're licensed producers. Or, uh, yeah, that's great. That's amazing. Yep. Well, I highly recommend people uh, check out the website. We have listeners from all over the world. Uh, so, you know, even though the, these seeds are not uh, – Paradise Seeds doesn't send them directly to, to the U.S., uh, you know, you can, you can pick them up uh, all over the world and you can find out where on that website as well as, um, you know, learning more about the different strains, uh, the autoflowering, the CBD – uh, the feminized, the regular, uh, all the award winners. Uh, there's grow reports and information there, which is amazing. Uh, video gallery and image gallery, um, and uh, even can even sign up for a newsletter, uh, which is amazing there. And uh, the the Instagram page is also uh, just amazing, beautiful shot after shot of uh, Paradise Seeds genetics in all in all of their glory. Uh, so yeah, is there any any, any anywhere else where people can uh, find out? Um, yeah, we we don't ship uh, to the US directly ourselves, but uh, of course, as you know, there's uh, seed companies that do 
for example, at the Attitude Seed Company, uh, is pretty probably famous in the US. Yes. They have our uh, seats also available. And uh, so there, there are more uh, companies. But uh, yeah, I would encourage everybody to grow uh, a Paradise uh, Rainbow uh, Road or a Sensi Star or Nebula. As you said, a Wapa. Wapa is very spectacular and popular in uh, Europe right now, doing very well. But uh, the Rainbow Road, uh, Opium, Sensi Star, White Widow. These are the two, two classic varieties from our brand, from our Paradise Seed Strains list that are still uh, highly recommended. Nice. Absolutely. Well, I look forward to uh, a future where we can travel and I can come over and uh, visit Holland again and uh, go to the coffee shops and stop by the the store or maybe uh, see you in Barcelona at Spanibus or one of the beautiful uh, events that go down and and even maybe one day you can come over here to the to the states and and uh participate in our our cannabis culture here um which is growing uh by in tremendous ways uh, i would love to come over and uh yeah i think i will and uh, so i take you on that invi- invitation and uh yeah it would be my first time in the u.s but i'm looking forward to it and yeah, what is the giveaway? Can you help me? Yes, we are doing a giveaway. Huh? We have a giveaway. We're going to do it uh, through our social media uh, where people can follow Paradise Seeds Official on Instagram and follow our account as well uh, for GrowBod Yourself. And uh, three winners are going to receive a Paradise Seeds logo T-shirt, a uh, Paradise Seeds grinder. Uh, and this is a quality grinder, not a plastic uh, you know, throwaway um two uh packs of paradise seeds rolling papers and uh one luxury catalog of paradise seeds so we're very excited to be giving away some merchandise for people and uh we'll have them sign up for that and uh yeah I fair- add something to it though i'd like to give uh, the winners also uh, a cap of paradise seeds oh perfect so a baseball hat from um yeah that's actually, you know, it's interesting. That's how we met for the first time is I, I was working for Headcase. We made baseball hats and I, we made hats for uh, Paradise Seeds and brought them over. I would say maybe this was 1996 or 97, very early on uh, in my career. It was my first trip uh, over to Holland was to bring over some hats. And, and I think that was our, our first encounter. Yes. And so that was an interesting way for me to first come over to Amsterdam and see the, the, the coffee shop uh, culture. Uh, and, and anyone who went over there at that time was inspired to basically try to create that atmosphere or environment back home. And I think even though there's some crackdowns happening over there, that's still the inspiration for the law, the law changes that have occurred in North America and throughout the world. So I thank you for being a pioneer of that and, and, you know, taking the risks at the time, which were substantial risks in order to uh, get these genetics out. A lot of people talk about activists, but Mm. the the breeders and and the growers and the producers are also activists and taking major risks. And especially when you're creating new and exciting and interesting varieties with new flavors and new, uh, 
genetics that you know the really is it changes the world I, that 10 pack of sensi star seeds that i brought back home uh grew into thousands and thousands of plants i mean i had a mother plant uh of that strain for over a decade i i think there's a it's still a, out there and it's still being used and new crosses are made of it and uh it is like the early kush variety it is actually it's it's really a, an early kush variety yes i i, I wouldn't uh, uh wonder uh much if if an OG Kush or something would uh, have uh, the original Sensi Star genetics in it. That's interesting. And yeah. now we have the technology uh, to figure all these things out. And I think, you know, I think that's changed breeding as well in a lot of ways is that the lab testing and technology that's been developed. I think it's very important uh, not just to change the laws, but also to produce new and interesting flavors. And you've been doing this for so long. Uh, I want to thank you for your pioneership and your work uh it's really you've you've changed the world and i uh thank I you. You. you for that luke thank you it was a wonderful uh right always perfect well yeah. uh yeah. really appreciate you coming on the show we're gonna get that giveaway going and uh we're very excited to have you as a guest here and uh, keep up the great work and uh thank you thank you bye so, everyone and bye. we will be back with more grow bud yourself Hey guys, Grow Bud Yourself is so proud to be sponsored by Sweet Leaf Nutrients. They have an incredible line of organic and synthetic nutrients, uh, amazing amendments, great stuff on their website. And using the code DANKO15, you can get 15% off of everything at sweetleaf.com. That's S-U-I-T-E-L-E-A-F. They have amazing organic fertilizers, amendments, indoor hydroponic grow tent kits, uh, smell proof bags, duffel bags, all kinds of backpacks, and an incredible line of newts that work wonderfully with cannabis. We got a great promotion going on with Patreon where we're giving away sweet leaf nutrients at those different levels and lots of promo codes there as well. So we are just super psyched to have Sweet Leaf on as a sponsor for the show, and we hope that you will also support them. Join us on our Patreon page for some free newts. And check out their site, sweetleaf.com, for nutrients and more. All right, welcome back. And uh, yeah, quite an interview there with Luke, uh, Paradise Seeds. Yeah, it was a really good interview. Unfortunately, the entire time Luke was speaking, all I could think about was how this was going to lead to a month of you doing your Dutch accent for me. <laughs> yeah, it's true. They do have a very distinct uh, distinct way of speaking. But uh, yeah, he's been at it for a long time. It was very interesting to get him on and, and talk about uh, you know the past, the present, and the future. I think uh, it's important for people to understand things are were not always the way they are now. And uh, you know, uh, genetics wise, legally and otherwise. And, uh, you know, just very interesting stuff. But, uh, we are now in the cultivation segment, I believe. And it is brought to you by Diamond Cutco, the premier quality trimming scissors, uh, made by growers for growers. These are incredible scissors, uh, that are made with ergonomic designs for long-term use. 
uh, easy to use, easy to clean, and they feel great in your hand. So check them out at diamondcutco.com. As always, you can use the code DANKO20 for 20% off, one-fifth of the cost of these tremendous uh, trimming scissors by using that code DANKO20. Thank you to Diamond Cut Co. for sponsoring our cultivation segment and check them out at diamondcutco.com or on Instagram at diamond period cut period co co that's a great deal that 20 percent off and as dan mentioned we are in the cultivation segment but unfortunately uh, it is not a, a strain fortnight it is just a regular fortnight but that's that's okay because each week you love to give a grow tip that will help our listeners become better gardeners so what would you like to discuss this week yes so this week i'd like to talk about feeding flowering plants i think there's a lot of confusion here Uh, A lot of people just assume, uh, okay, I'm flowering, I need to feed the plant flowering nutrients uh, from start to finish, and then I'm done. But there's actually distinctly different periods of flowering as well. So uh, nutritional requirements are definitely different from the vegetative stage. The vegetative stage requires more nitrogen, uh, but once you start flower production, uh, you, you basically need less nitrogen, but you want to increase uh, phosphorus, potassium, uh, even calcium, and some of the other micronutrients. So uh, keep in mind, if you're a beginner, you don't just use the same plant food throughout all stages of growth. You need uh, a vegetative stage plant food, and then you need plant food for the flowering stage. Now, the first two weeks of flowering is really the transitional period as you're switching from vegetative to flowering growth. Um, At this point, you just want to kind of use a nice, mild nutrient solution. You can even stick with the the veg or the grow uh, solution that you've been using throughout the vegetative stage uh, for this kind of first two-week period. The plant is going to continue to stretch. Uh, It's not really going to start forming flowers for at least about a week or so. Um, but once those flowers start to form, that's when you really want to basically transition into your flowering nutrients. And after about two weeks, you'll see those little, you know, cotton balls forming, uh, with the white hairs and that's the period. Okay. Two weeks, depending on the strain, uh, from week two to about week six is the heavy feeding period. What I call the heavy feeding time, because the plant is really building flowers during that time. So it really does depend on the strain. Some strains have much longer flowering periods, uh, particularly sativa dominant plants, but most, you know, most plants have about a nine, eight to nine week schedule uh, of flowering. So you kind of break that up into the first two weeks. Um, Then you have that middle period, week two to week six or so. And then you have a two week period at the end that gets you to that eight. So first two weeks, mild week two to week six is when you pick it up uh this is when your trichomes are forming and developing filling up with those essential oils um so you know this is when you'd want to have uh high phosphorus high potassium uh this is a great time to have CalMag or any kind of organic bloom boosters i love bat guano i think it's an amazing nutrient for flowering plants for fruiting uh and you know really just emphasizes those essential oils and cannabinoids and terpenes and flavonoids. Uh, The only thing you want to do is also avoid overfeeding and you don't want to have burnt leaf tips. Uh, You do want to boost newts, but boost them to the, to a proper level, not too much. 
Uh, you want to check your runoff water for fluctuations in the parts per million. Uh, make sure the pH levels are, you know, proper in soil, you know, 6.2, 6.5 or so. In hydro, you know, 5.8, 6.0. Uh, but those pH levels are very important for the plants being uh, ability to take in nutrients. So, you know, adjust accordingly. Uh, if you have overfed your plants and you do see burnt leaf tips, you're going to want to flush a bit. Um, buffer the pH in your next watering regimen. Uh, don't foliar feed during the flowering stage. Uh, you can do that all throughout veg, but you want to basically stop once flowers form. You want to avoid uh, encouraging mold or bud rot. So that's the two to six week or so period. As the flowering period begins to come to an end, your bud production is going to start slowing down. Uh, the fan leaves are going to start to fade in color. So they'll go from bright green uh, to lighter kind of colors, uh, fall colors. Some, some will turn reddish, some will turn even slightly yellowish. Um, the white hairs will start turning red and kind of even shriveling up a little bit. Uh, and the essential oils are going to start to go from clear to cloudy. Now, this is the period where you want to do flushing. And flushing basically will remove any excess fertilizer salts and give you cleaner burning buds uh, with proper flavor and odor and that's really important you do not want to have chemi overfed buds um, so basically flushing is is accomplished by using plain ph balanced water uh, no nutrient solution at all you just want to leach out any of those remaining minerals um, and you want that water to pour out the bottom of your containers during this time uh, you're going to see that yellowing of the leaves in the fall colors. Don't be alarmed. That's a normal thing. It's a good thing, actually, because it means you're reducing the amount of chlorophyll uh, in those buds and in those leaves. And, you know, you just end up with a clean, burning, white ash. Uh, if you don't flush, you'll have uh, buds that are, stay dark uh, as they burn, like a piece of charcoal, continuously needing to be relit and things like that. So... Proper flushing is important, whether you're doing organics or uh, synthetic newts. Uh, some people will tell you that you don't need to flush, and that's the truth if you fed lightly and properly throughout all the time. But I find that almost everybody overfeeds, uh, particularly during that two to six week period. So I think most growers would benefit from flushing, and maybe when you become an expert, you can uh, reduce the amount of time you need to flush and reduce how much you need to flush, but, uh, definitely look into it and, uh, consider it for better tasting, uh, cleaner flowers once they're dried up and ready to go. So that is how you feed during the flowering stage. All right. Very good information on feeding there. And, uh, now it is time to move on to our, uh, grow Q and a portion of the show. Uh, if you have a question that you would like answered on this show, get in touch with us. As always, our email address is info at growbudyourself.com. And uh, you could also reach us on socials and uh, Patreon, YouTube, all of that good stuff. So why don't we uh, why don't we jump right in? Let's do it. All right. Let's start off with Zucky over in the UK. Uh, he writes, hi, Mike and Danny. Love the podcast. I've listened to the whole series over a space of a month. And I've learned very much, thank you. I'm in the UK and I currently have some Skittles and Barney's Farm Mimosa Evo in the seventh week of flower in a 2 by one by 2 meter grow tent. Whilst not having any issues yet, 
I heard on uh, one of the previous episodes that a listener's plant may have hermied because of a light leak. Uh, due to my grow being at a friend's house, and also temperature constraints, uh, the lights are on between 8pm and 8am, I can only visit and tend to the plants during the lights out period, and therefore I enter the tent with my phone's torch to do what's needed. Uh, whilst I only do this for a short amount of time, every day or two, I'm now worried that I could cause unnecessary stress to the plants and cause them to hurt me, or worse, revert back into veg. Is this something I urgently need to avoid, or is it not too big an issue? Any advice would be greatly appreciated. So, yeah, interesting. Is is going into that uh, tent with his uh, flashlight going to cause stress to the plants? What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I do think it will cause stress to the plants. The level of stress really depends on the plants. Uh, some plants can handle it better than others. And, you know, keep in mind, these are plants that live outside, uh, you know, in, in, you know, in perfect conditions. They're outside and therefore there's, you know, moonlight and uh, lights from street lights and things like that. But if you really want to avoid any kind of stress to the plants and you have to visit them during the dark period, use a green light. So uh, either cover your cell phone light you know your flashlight on your cell phone with like a green uh piece of film or uh get a flashlight with that that shines green light use a green filter on the light because the plants will not take in that green light and so you can actually tend to your plants uh some people do this w like with a headlamp and they'll have a green headlamp uh that way you can use both your hands in, in your grow space. So I would highly recommend this. If you're going to be in there during the dark period a lot, and it sounds like you're in there every day during the dark period, uh, there's times when you really need to inspect those plants and get close. And I really would not do that with white light. I would do that with green light only. And that way you will avoid the plants harming out. All right. Very good. And uh, thank you, Zucky. Great to hear you're listening over there in, uh, in the UK. So let's move on to Joey, who writes, Hi, gentlemen. During my grow season, I struggle with early harvests here in southwest Oregon. Between the coastal fog and the fall rains, my crop doesn't get the opportunity to fully ripen. I have decided to give autoflowers a try. I figure I would put two plants in on April 1st and May 1st and June 1st. Thoughts? They will be going into 20-gallon smart pots outside. So any pointers on feeding schedules? Uh, also, hoping to get some input on where I personally can order seeds from. Uh, I've tried local shops to no luck. Uh, I'm still I'm still a little on edge for ordering seeds online. I uh, hope to hear from you. Thanks for the amazing podcast. So what would you say to Joey? A couple questions there. Yeah. Um, so giving autos of flowers a try is a great idea uh, in order to have the plants ripen in time. And, you know, planting them April 1st, May 1st, and June 1st will give you uh, staggered harvests as well. Uh, the June 1st planting, you know, you got to basically figure it's about 90 days from, from planting to harvest. So that's going to cut into uh, the fall, uh, July, August, September. So that would, those would be finishing probably around September, but uh, it certainly is earlier than if they were not auto flowers. So I think that's a great idea. Um, as far as feeding schedules, um, feed the plant like you normally would. Uh, slightly light, you know, lighter feeding than than recommended by most uh, nutrient brands, but uh, you know, just feed it like you would normally feed uh, your flowering plants. And as far as look, ordering seeds, uh, I wouldn't worry too much, especially if your your seeds are being shipped 
uh, to a location is, that's not where you're growing. I mean, that's important. Uh, and, you know, there's rocket seeds. There's attitude. Uh, hopefully we'll have a seed sponsor sometime soon. But uh, in the meantime, you know, it's not really as uh, treacherous as you might think, especially to some place like in Oregon, because, um, you know, certainly if you were in Tennessee or something like that, I would be more concerned. But I think uh, you're pretty safe ordering seeds. I mean, you know, use your use discretion, but uh, but I wouldn't be too uh, on edge about that. So uh, good luck with your plants and uh, yeah, keep it green. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate that. Uh, the email. So thank you, Joey. Let's move on to uh, Hale, who writes, I'm a new listener. Uh, now that I'm older and way smarter, I've decided to get my grow on, starting small, of course. Uh, my first of many questions is, what are your thoughts on using UVB light with your grow and how should you use them? So what would you say there about UVB light? Yeah, um, UVB light is not a grow, is not a grow light. I mean, uh, UVB is sometimes used to kill bacteria. So if you're bringing in air, uh, sometimes people will have inline uh, UVB lighting for the air that they're bringing in to just to kill off bacteria, uh, viruses and such. Um, but as far as growing, I would not grow under UVB. I would grow under either HID, high intensity discharge lighting, such as uh, high pressure sodium or metal halide or uh, ceramic metal halides, or uh, compact fluorescence or fluorescent lighting is also a possibility if the heat of HIDs is too much. And then there's also great LED lights uh, available these days. So uh, for growing, I would use either uh, HID, LED, or uh, fluorescence. And I would do ultraviolet or UVB lamps uh, only for the killing of bacteria and not so much for horticulture. Now, that doesn't mean you can't use them as uh, supplemental lighting. Uh, I just wouldn't use it as your main lighting source. All right. Very good. Um, yeah, man. I hope you get that because you're only on episode 16, and that sounds like important information. But um, thank you, Hale. We appreciate the email. Let's uh, let's jump over to Facebook for one, and then if we have time, we'll come back to the emails. Uh, this one, this one's a little um, unusual. So let's see if we can make heads or tails of this. This comes from a listener in Sweden, uh, and he uh, writes, I love what you're doing with the show and the great grow tips. Because I live in Sweden and cannabis is illegal, I also cannot grow indoors due to me renting an apartment with my family. So, I got into the oddities of cannabis, which I grow outdoors. I do a little breeding with oddities of cannabis in order to make a strain which doesn't look like cannabis and is fast enough for the northern climate I'm growing at the same latitude as the southern tip of Alaska. I had a question for the show. Have you been able to grow cannabis strains that don't look like cannabis, such as Australia Bastard Cannabis and Freak Show by Humboldt Seed Co.? Uh, also, uh, hops varieties that have been crossed with cannabis. And um, another question, uh, where does one get good cannabis ruderalis genetics? So, uh, what does this mean, Dan? I'm lost here. <laughs> well, it's interesting because uh, I think what he's talking about is... Uh, these strains that literally do not look like cannabis. So there, I, there, there's one I've heard of called duckfoot, uh, where the leaves, they aren't like the traditional looking cannabis leaves. And so I think, you know, the average Joe, 
uh, wouldn't see them as cannabis plants. Uh, so they can be more hidden. And as far as the Australian bastard cannabis, I think that's one of those crosses. And same with Freak Show. Those are like duckfoot style uh, cannabis plants. Now, they've always kind of gotten the knock that they're not quite as, as potent uh, with THC levels as well. But, you know, you're in a region where it, it, it's beneficial for you to have plants that don't quite look like cannabis. As far as the hops varieties, that's something I'd have to look into. Uh, cannabis and hops are very closely related, um, like cousins, basically, when it comes to plants. There's no closer plant to cannabis than, than hops. Um, so that's interesting. I haven't really seen hops varieties crossed with cannabis, um, but I'll definitely look into that. Um, as far as acquiring Ruderalis genetics, uh, if you want autoflowers, uh, you can get those from uh, various uh, seed companies. Uh, but if you want like Landrace Ruderalis with no THC, I think you'd have to go and find that at the source, uh, which is in like Kazakhstan and northern uh, Russian Federation areas. Uh, if you're looking for that type of thing to breed with or uh, just to grow out in Sweden. So um, that would be my take on that. If you want autoflowers that actually have some potency level, I'd get those from a seed company. But if you're looking to get your own Ruderalis that has very low THC, uh, you pretty much would have to find that at the source. All right. Interesting stuff. I like the stealthy approach. So um, thank you for that message. And uh, maybe let's let's try to do this one very quickly. I know it's not a simple answer, but uh, let's hop back over to email and Drew, who writes, uh, Hey, guys, I love the show. I've been listening to Grow Bud Yourself for two weeks, and I'm almost caught up. I bought Danny's book. I'm in the beginning stages of building my own grow room. My question is about jobs in the cannabis industry. I live in Ohio where it's medically legal. I want to get a job in the industry doing anything, sweeping the floor, working the register, whatever. You guys are the shit. Thank you. What would you say to Drew? Yeah, I mean, you just got to get your foot in the door. As you said, if you're willing to do whatever work is necessary, I would start as a trimmer uh, and basically try to work my way up, pay attention, uh, show up on time, listen, uh, and see what needs to, to be done. For me, you know, my success... For, for what it's worth has always been in making someone else's job easier. So if you go get in there and you're sweeping the floor and you find that other people are having a problem, you know, in, in a different area, um, maybe you can help them out with that. As far as finding the job itself, uh, I'm not sure exactly how it works in Ohio, but there are plenty of uh, resources online for cannabis jobs these days. So I would literally just Google Ohio cannabis jobs and start there and make it clear, you know, get a nice, decent resume, um, make it clear that, you know, you're willing to start at the bottom and just work hard. I mean, really what happens for, with most people is they want the job because they think they can smoke pot all day. But the reality is you have to work all day. And if you can do that and smoke pot, that's wonderful. But if you think that's the job, <laughs> just getting high, then you're going to run into trouble. So, um, you know, get your foot in the door, work hard and pay attention, listen and do, do the work. And you'll find that, you know, luck and prosperity are, you know, paved in hard work and consistency. 
All right. There you go. Thank you, Drew. Uh, We hope that helps you out there. And please do keep us updated. Thanks to everybody who wrote in this week. If you have a question that you would like answered on the show, uh, get in touch with us. Email us at info at growbudyourself.com. We are going to take a little break, then come back and wrap this sucker up. Let's do it. All right, we are back, and I think it's time for the wrap. Time to wrap it up. (laughs) Yes, very exciting show, you guys. Um, As far as the giveaway, here's the rules for that, okay? Uh, We mentioned this with uh, Luke uh, from Paradise Seeds. The giveaway, or we're going to have three winners that we choose uh, to receive uh, Paradise Seeds logo uh, t-shirt, Paradise Seeds grinder, uh, Paradise Seeds rolling papers and a luxury catalog of Paradise Seeds, as well as a hat that Luke mentioned earlier in the show. So uh, basically, uh, go to Instagram, make sure you're following Grow Bud Yourself and Paradise Seeds Official. Uh, and on our post, on the Grow Bud Yourself post for this show, episode 44, you know, where we have uh, the picture of Luke and, and the description of this episode, uh, comment on the Grow Bud Yourself Instagram, uh, tag Paradise Seeds Official in your comment, and you will be automatically entered uh, for a chance to be one of those three winners of the Paradise Seeds merch. So uh, comment there. Uh, it doesn't matter what you comment, although you know <laughs> you can try to get our attention in whatever way you want. Uh, but we're going to pick three of the people who comment on the episode to receive uh, this merch. So please uh go there and do that we'd be very happy uh to see a lot of entries um i want to thank luke uh from paradise seeds for coming on uh as well as uh his assistant who helped out greatly in making that happen Uh, i want to thank diamond cut co uh for being a sponsor of the cultivation segment and uh the code there is danko20 for 20 percent off of their amazing trimming scissors i want to thank excelsior extracts uh check them out on instagram and check out that pain relief rub it really is a miracle working uh pain relief rub (laughs) um, for all your pain relief needs and it's thc infused Um, so check them out on instagram Uh, i want to thank sweet leaf nutrients uh great friends of the show and incredible products Remember, remember the code is Danko15 for 15% off at Sweetleaf. And you can get free Sweetleaf stuff uh, by signing up as one of our Patreon uh, supporters at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Danny Danko, where uh, you can support the show for as little as $4.20 a month uh, and get free Sweetleaf newts, free uh, Sweetleaf merch, and all kinds of cool uh, things that you can get from us as well, including a uh, thank you note written written out on Grow Bud Yourself stationery, Grow Bud Yourself stickers, uh, all kinds of cool stuff. Even a copy of my book, I think, is a, a, one of the levels, $25 a month. Um, and you can get shout out on the show if you are one of the heady chiefs that actually gives us 42 bucks uh, a month. And we are so happy to have uh, Patreon supporters because it really shows that you're part of our community of uh, Grow Bud Yourself listeners. So thank you for all of that. Um, And also Vapor.com, 
where you can use the code GBY for 15% off of all your vaporizer needs. And we've noticed that people are doing that as well. Uh, so if you're looking for that Puffco Peak, the new Peak or the Volcano or even a glass rig or any kind of accessories, rolling papers, anything you need basically for consumption of cannabis or even CBD products, uh, check out vapor.com, use the code GBY, it's the letters for grow bud yourself, and you get 15% off. So um, thank you to all those sponsors. Thank you to Jacques and Winstrong for the song, you guys for listening. And uh, yeah, man, 44 episodes deep, uh, one every week. It's been an interesting uh, pandemic time for us, but I hope people are getting better at uh, growing and growing higher quality plant medicine for themselves and and that's really the ultimate goal yeah episode number 44 mike what do you think should we wrap it up i believe we should all right we'll be back next week with more thanks you guys uh peace out keep it green let's put this one in the books